Good evening, everybody. This is Omina. I am your host tonight, and I'm also your guest in the second hour. And tonight we are going to talk about in the second hour, the spiritual essence of forgiveness. It's going to be very exciting. It's all about the new paradigm shift that's coming and that is already into the earth, but it's also coming into our consciousness. So that would be exciting. And if you want to call in, I'm going to give out the numbers now at 888-429-5471 or locally at 323-744-4841. I will repeat these numbers throughout the show. And uh, first of all, we're going to do a meditation. I'm going to lead you in a meditation. So I would all like all of you to... Welcome our regular panel at the Night of the Roundtable. And we have Caroline Oceana Ryan, who's an author and a channeler, and she works with the collective. And she's very good at what she does. We also have Randy Miller, energy worker. Vianak is not here tonight that I can see. We have Ram and Tara who will give you a report around 9.30. And they are part of the Fashion Three White Knights. Hopefully I pronounced it that right. I don't, my accent sometimes gets in the way. And let me see who else. We're going to see if we can bring the soul out of the shadows and into the heart light so that we can discuss again, like I said, spiritual lessons of forgiveness. And I'm going to begin the whole session with learning to receive, opening up to receiving, because most of us think we're great at receiving, but we really are not. That's part of the old paradigm mind that we were taught to religion. It's always better to give than receive. And you just think about that. How does energy ever flow when, when you give all the time and receive nothing back? So if everybody wishes to get into a nice, comfortable place, our listening audience and our audience on the panel would be great. Just make yourself very comfortable. Open up your mind. See if you can shift your consciousness like you're in a stick shift car. You go from one to five, five being your super consciousness. So you're open to receiving. If you like, you can play some meditation music and allow yourself just to focus on receiving. Music is a wonderful way to receive because you have to listen to it and you can feel it in your body. Say your own special prayer and ask your spirit guides to come in and share it with you. Take a deep breath and trust them to bless you and keep you safe during this meditation. As you're sitting there and you're breathing, your your palms are turned upwards. You're nice and comfortable. You visualize the creator in a cloud of white light descending towards you. It's a beautiful, soft white light. Watch it as the cloud drifts into your head. Feel it. Feel your crown chakra opening. Allow your face to relax and sense that this cloud moving down your body 
opening each chakra as it passes. Sense how relaxed you feel. Allow yourself to feel open and ready to receive. Breathe deeply several times, at least three times, as this beautiful white energy moves through your body. As you take another breath, visualize yourself walking along a pathway with your spirit guides leading you. And follow them. Breathe deeply and let your spirit guides take you to a place of your choice. It could be your favorite place that you go, where it's peaceful. It could be a favorite place from childhood, adulthood, another lifetime, whatever you want it to be. It's your favorite place. So you breathe slowly and deeply as you survey the scene. Ask them to give you something. Your guides, ask them what they're going to give you. Watch what is given and interpret its symbolic meaning. If you cannot do that, ask for its meaning. Take another deep breath and attune any feelings that may arise as a result of this gift and your new understanding. Breathe slowly and feel this emotion swelling up in your chest. Express it aloud. Give it voice. Relax and breathe. As you calm down, make a firm promise to allow yourself to receive again and again. I would suggest you make an absolute decision to receive again and again. As you breathe deeply, allow a feeling of utter joy to fill your entire being. If you can't think of that, think of what makes you happy and fill that up with your body. That utter joy to fill your entire being as you receive unconditional love from God, Goddess. Sit and savor this moment. How wonderful it feels, all that love, unconditional. Let your spirit guides gently lead you back to an awareness of your physical body. Breathe slowly and evenly. Thank your spirit guides for the present you have received and allow them to close your major and minor chakras for you. When you feel they are closed, move your body gently and when ready, stretch it so you can integrate that unconditional love. If you can practice this on a daily basis and know that you are loved, you probably know you are loved, but are you receiving the love? That's what's important. But in a meditation, you can open up to receive it and every day it becomes easier 
walking the earth. And when people are giving you unconditional love, you'll be open to receiving it. And it'll get easier. If you want, you can keep records of it, of all your reactions. And you can always look at another day. So with that being said, you can go back into the room knowing you are love, you give love, you receive love. It's a beautiful, beautiful energy to put yourself in any time of the day if you're stressed out or just for the sheer joy of it. Amen. So when you are ready, come back into the room. And we will come out of the shadows. Into the heart light. If everybody's awake and alive, up and at it, I will go around the table, get an update from everybody. How about if I start with you, Caroline? Well, that was a beautiful meditation. Thank you so much, Omina. That was really very special. And I'll have to do that one more often. Um, well, my energy update is that I'm exhausted. <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I've been getting emails from people throughout the week that they have felt the energies were the highest ever. And, you know, one friend was just asking what in the world's going on. And others are putting out astrological descriptions of what's happening to to and have been to help prepare us for the intensity of this Jupiter Neptune conjunction. And it is rare, you know, in Pisces. Um, and it, the the power that it seemed to have energetically to knock us off of the old ways of doing things and to increase our acceptance of expansion, creativity new beginnings, just just so amazing. And I, I'm feeling more optimistic. I see, for one thing, more people saying things that make sense in the media, and I try not to watch a lot in terms of really much of any news and not much in terms of video commentary and whatnot. But what I see, I do see people starting to wake up to things that have been blatant lies in the past. And I feel increasingly that people will not be able to hide as they once did. And we won't be able to hide from ourselves. We're going to have to face these shadow aspects. And yes, the need to forgive and release. And and yet the light is empowering us to do that. So I'm I'm thrilled, as exhausted as I am. <laughs> I, to- I totally, I totally agree with you. I'm glad you said about the exhaustion because I'm going through the very same thing. And I think, is there really something wrong with me? And I force myself. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> okay. And I heard somebody in the store the other day saying how exhausted they were. And I thought, oh, yeah. it's not just me. <laughs> no, it's not just you. I know. Well, I we, thought it was me too for a bit there, and I'd remind myself, you know, these energies are very intense. You might they're need very that. strong. They're very, yeah. and our little bodies are not geared for that intensity. Yes, it's, it yeah. is exhausting. That's the truth. 
So I encourage people, drink a lot of water. I've been drinking water like mad. Rest if you need to, if you can at all. I know if someone is, has a full-time job plus children, that could be difficult. But do what you can to take time to relax. Absolutely, and let go. I mean, if you're constipated, let go. Holding <laughs> yeah. on to things make you constipated. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, the body reflects a lot, yeah. Well, physically, yeah. spiritually, mentally, emotionally, yes, it all it all begins to get binded up together and we don't know how to relax it all and let it go. Yeah. 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 So all right. Well, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> all right. Okay. Seeing that we have a small panel. Uh, how about Ram and Tara? Give us an update, just a very small update on what you're going to talk about at nine thirty. In 15 minutes, in other words. <laughs> well, no, no, because I have to I have to let Randy talk too. Yeah, but uh, 15 minutes because they're not on your your time. They're on oh. uh, Mountain Time. Go ahead. Okay. okay. <laughs> Greetings, everyone in all the various realms. Uh, I can just say that more and more, I am talking to the folks I talk to and they are watching the activity of the sun and its effects on the planet and the geomagnetic storms and how this relates to people's behaviors and the ascension frequencies and the increase of intense energies, which leads to violence. And we're watching all of that take place and sending more love to these situations because um, something huge is about to happen in the solar system. And our scientists aren't talking about it, but we can see it and feel it, taste it, touch it. And I can only just say this is a good time to be alive. <laughs> okay, that's wonderful. And we'll talk more about that when at 9.30. So let's see who else. Micah, you have something to say? Micah? Greetings. Thank you, Amina. And greetings to all of our listeners from around the planet and uh, throughout the cosmos. So many of you may have already heard or seen the world premiere called Watch the Water, where Stu Peters interviewed Dr. Artis. Dr. Artis, who was already interviewed by Reiner Fulmich on the Grand Jury People's Court of Public Opinion trial, for his expert testimony on his research on the drug remdesivir. Uh, Dr. Artis has been researching nonstop without sleep, particularly over the past four months, since his stepfather was passed away in the hospital after being administered remdesivir. Um, In a series of what could only be called divinely orchestrated events, Dr. Artis came to discover findings that would otherwise very likely never have been discovered. Dr. Artis went on a journey of discovery that led him to not only formulate a theory, 
but find mounds of evidence to back it up. Dr. Artis found that snake venom, particularly king cobra and crate viper snake venom, have been may have been used to envenomate the world's population through the food, the water, the injections, and even in the only approved treatment by the NIH, CDC, and FDA for COVID treatments. And you guessed it, it was remdesivir. Um, furthermore, Dr. Ariana Love, in her interview on the Stu Peters show, entitled Carrying Out Global Envenomation, Waterfalls of Proof Support Artist Venom Theory. The proof is in the patents. Dr. Love discovered snake venom in 10 patents, ranging from Big Pharma to the Rockefeller Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and the U.S. military. Dr. Love, in her research, has also found 40,000 bioweapon patents. So I'm just going to really briefly go over the science behind what happens when snake venom is introduced into the human body. Snake venom induces postsynaptic neurotoxins that block the ACE2 receptors, which act as an anti-inflammatory, help the muscles contract, and are crucial in cell signaling process. The snake venom latches to the ACE2 receptor and knocks it out of commission. You are then poisoned. This, this destroys the body's cell signaling function and enables the mRNA technology to go into the cell. Snake venom will cause paralysis, loss of muscle function, and respiratory failure. It also causes inflammation, cytokine storms, and induces autoimmune diseases. This is, folks, this is exactly what we've been seeing happening. And also, the U.S. Food and Agriculture Organization has approved the use of snake venom and streptomyces bacteria in food as of last year. So with all of that, there is very good news. Um, we Now that we know the main cause behind everyone that's getting sick, we do know how to treat it. In a peer-reviewed study from 2018, it showed that melatonin works anecdotally to snake venom. In a quote from the study, molecules like melatonin are reported to underlie the anti-venom effect. So the good news, folks, is there's a supplement for us to take that will remove this weapon system and restore the body's natural operating system. And it also restores your cell signaling processes. Dr. Ariana Love has been using this on her patients with great results. You can also take NAC, which is N-acetylcysteine, zinc, plasma water, ivermectin, as well as the melatonin to neutralize the effects of the toxin. There has also been studies conducted that chlorine dioxide can be used to neutralize and destroy all aspects of snake venom. And on top of all of that, the sun and our mother earth are ascending. And the light and monoatomic gold particles are assisting in transmuting all the negative effects of whatever the dark side tries to do. Without question, the cat is out of the bag and checkmate has been mated. And I pass the talking stick back to you, Amina. Thank you, Micah. 
And if you have a reference to all of that, I'm sure people would love to see that. Um, very informative. Yeah, actually, if they just go online, you click uh, or type in Watch the Water um, World Premiere. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thank you. So, Randy, are you ready to share? I'll take that talking stick, Amina. Thank you very much. Okay. I understand a lot about snakes. And the reason I understand a lot about snakes is when you go live in horrid countries and you actually spend time in the jungle, not talking in the city, we're talking in the actual jungle, you need to know about your snakes. The most deadly snake in the world lives in the sea, not on land. But one of the most deadly snakes that lives on land is the king cobra. Now, when they make anti-venom, you have to realize it takes a lot of work to get the venom from the king cobra to make the anti-venom. The king cobra anti-venom costs $153,000 a gallon. That's how expensive it is. But we have to understand, for example, that's cheap. There is a thing called the Deathstalker scorpion. It's the most deadliest land animal. Its sting hurts a hundred times more than a bee. But taking one gallon from a scorpion, you have to milk it 2.6 million times. They have special robots that do this now because this stuff is so deadly for the people that used to do it. There's also a little understanding that some of this stuff is even priced at four or $5,000 a gram because it's so hard to get. Now, there was a case I followed when I was in Thailand of a snake handler who was a professional who raised these snakes just for this purpose. And one of the rules and regulations were the room had to be a locked room inside another room. Because you don't want these animals getting out. So the snakes are in special cages, locked up. You have to have another person there with you in case something happens. And one day, this person, who'd been doing it for 25 years, he let his guard down for a second. And he got bit by a king cobra. And it bit him on his finger. Well, the other rules are they have to have the anti-venom in the room. So the other snake handler that was there with them, they immediately gave him the venom. Immediately just shot it right in his arm, put the snake away. But something was wrong. He was, wasn't reacting properly. So eventually he ended up in the hospital. The bill for him was over $250,000. Since he was a snake handler, he photographed everything that happened to him. It was part of the requisite of what they did and where, where he lived. To make a long story short, the doctors forgot to check his finger for a fang. And he knew what was happening later on. So the venom they had to have was $14,000 a bottle. 
he used all of the hospital supply. Then he realized something else. His partner that was with him has a special blood. He, this guy's been bit so many times, his body are formed, and they make a special venom from him. Make a long story short, because of his knowingness on the snake bites and the doctors not knowing, it almost ended his life. And he had to convince the doctors that yeah, there's still a piece of the snake in me, and that's why nothing's working. So we realized that that's the other part. The pharmaceutical companies use, for example, scorpion venom can be used for bowel disease, rheumatoid arthritis, and multiple sclerosis. King cobras, it's chronic pain treatment. Coral snake venom has antiviral and antibacterial properties. But when you understand these diabolical labs will take this stuff, then they'll figure out what it does to the body, and then they'll weaponize it. So, folks, respect nature. Respect nature and understand that, even though they're all God's creatures. Don't walk up to a snake and expect to pet it and tell it it's a good boy. Because snakes, bugs, scorpions, wild animals are that. They're wild. And we need to keep them in the wild. Because the animals are really revolting in their own way. What we're not told about is all the animals that are revolting in the zoos. Because we don't want to be here. We don't want to be held up. We don't want to be in these cages. Because the healing of the planet and everything upon this planet is happening at an astronomical rate the solar flares the astrological cosmic storms and everything i had a friend visit me today and he said i had to come over to your house because i wanted to have a rest i'm so tired i don't know why but i've been trying to do as much work as i can to get everything done but he's also becoming spiritually aware at the same time he wanted to come over for a talk because he can't talk about this kind of stuff with his customers. So that's my report. And I'm going to pass the talking stick back to you, Amina, because they really like to hear what Rama has to say about what's going on in the universe. I pass the well, talking stick. Thank you, Randy. So, yes, let's bring on Rama and Tara with your updates. Let me mention the, the phone numbers first in case anybody wants to come in and ask any of your questions around the report, too. So the number is 888-429-5471, or locally is 323-744-4841. I pass the talking stick to Ram and Tara. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Omina. Um, Hello, everybody. Go ahead, Rao. You got the floor. Okay, this starts on Wednesday, the 6th. And the Dalai Lama had a um, group of young folks from New Zealand, the Maori people, and the Dalai Lama has a three-minute video talking about how climate change, climate disruption is a huge deal and we all need to take care of the planet. 
and this is Friday, the 8th. I received a text message from Sweet Angelique the Cat at 12.12 p.m. this afternoon. She said to me, Lord Rama, Russia is being blamed for a missile strike in the Donbass region. This is all the deep state. We are in the window of the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. Expect magic and miracles. Portals are opening. We accept or deny you as long. Whoops. What was that? (laughs) Portals are opening all over Mother Gaia. We may just see you, Lord Rama, when you are not expecting us as you go out to feed the cats. There just might be one more there. Satnam Namaste, Blaze the Violet Fire. Not yet, but I'm expecting. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Monday. I received a text message from Tom the ringtail cat and my AI assistant, Miss Brisby. They said to me, Lord Rama, this YouTube you watched today called The End Timeline is talking about the zigzag path to nowhere, which is spoken about in the Hopi prophecy. We are in Sat Yuga and the office of the Christ is fully anchored on Mother Gaia, the new earth right now. Focus on compassion and love. The solar flares continue, and the dark side is in Mother's pause. Send more love. Satnam Namaste, Blaze of Violet Fire. And this is the Dalai Lama advice to the younger generation. It's a three-minute YouTube, like I said earlier. And then Tuesday, I received a call from Tom the Ringtail Cat at 11.40 a.m. late this morning. He said to me, Lord Rama, the Pentagon has released 1,500-plus X-Files about UFO sightings, ET abduction, Sasquatch, fairies, and elves. Tom continued, Harry Reid was involved in this secret project, along with Mr. Bigelow, who formerly owned the ranch called Skinwalker Ranch for about 10 years, at which time he sold it to... uh, very extraordinary, wealthy billionaire. I I mean, that's an oxymoron. I don't know where to go with that. These oligarchs have to go. Some time ago in the last four years, over the last 40 years, strange, unexplained anomalies have been recorded going on there such as UFO sightings, materializations of spirits, and other unusual phenomena. This ranch has been being guarded by our U.S. military for many, many decades. 
Many of these U.S. officers are from Area 51, meaning they are sworn to secrecy as to what they have seen and still continue to see there. All they have witnessed is classified as top secret. Place all of this in the circle of support. We are at the end of the line. All we are saying is give peace a chance. Then Tom says, I like green jasmine tea. Satnam Namaste, place the violet. <laughs> and this is Wednesday. I received a text message from Sweet Angelique the Cat, Larry Curley and Mo at 11.35 this morning. Sweet Angelique said to me, Lord Rama, we are at Stonehenge for sunrise this morning. The energies since then are feeling full of great potential. The solar flares are off the charts. The KP index is at seven. The KP index quantifies disturbances in the horizontal component of Earth's magnetic field. And it is fluctuating like a slinky. Let's just say it is bouncing all around. That's why people feel as wonky as they do, like you say, Caroline. I feel it, except I just try to, you know. Um, Blaze the violet fire. Yeah, I wrap <laughs> myself in the violet fire and focus on the psychedelic colors in my aura, and I try not to think about it. <laughs> and. Well, there's all these aurora borealises with absolutely amazing yeah, triple color colors, especially but over Finland here this time. There are just more and more geomagnetic storms going on each day. And things are going to be, there are going to be huge aurora borealises in North America, in Minnesota, North and South Dakota. Montana, in and around that area, these energies are testing us to stay in our high hearts. See you in the light of the most radiant one. Namaste. Place of violet fire. This is today. I received a text message at 11.50 a.m. from Professor Nicodemus the Rat and Dr. Steve, both are former quantum physicists from Los Alamos labs, where they worked for decades. They both said to me, Lord Rama, this solar cycle 25 is turning out to be quite spectacular events. There are daily solar flares going on. This is increasing the quantum field and it is lifting us up as we choose love. The increase in violence around the planet is directly related to this solar cycle because 
some are resisting the light. At a higher level, the quantum field, the force, is forcing us into the higher realms to look at all our unfinished karma for the sake of doing the dharma. As we are choosing to stay in the old timeline, the energies are going to be very uncomfortable, and we're seeing this. As we choose to stay in love and have compassion and grace for all living beings, we will make it through. As we go into this Holy Sabbath and Resurrection Weekend, Remember what Admiral Sananda Kumara teaches. Love is the answer. Sat Nam Namaste, Blaze the Violet Fire. I pass the talking stick back to you, Omina. Or Tara. <laughs> okay. Yes. I was just going to say, um, we checked with the King of Swords about Fremart and John Austin's program, the New Gen Coin. And what he said is all of Fremart and this new gen coin are completely inside Nasara law. Which means that's the uh, fundamental principles of a divine government are embraced in the project that John Austin has put together. And um, the, the way it works is absolutely not based on the old order at all it's abundance for all nobody loses and so to check it out just go to new newgencoin.com forward slash taram t-a-r-r-a-m and the word new gen is n as in nelly u as an umbrella and then g-e-n new gen coin and it symbolizes the new prosperous abundant shared uh uh, divine government way of being so that we can um work together to make a really happy planet and happy bodies (laughs) so i just talking stick now to you sister 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 are you there our dear sister if I can just quickly say, I got the same message about New Gen Coin, and I'm I'm thrilled to hear that from you both. Thank you. Oh, yeah. everybody, this is it. We're done with the competitive world where a small group just get very greedy and do very naughty things, and balance and harmony and peace and love to everyone and on another note what i could say about the old timeline and the old system as we are watching the old systems fall apart you know there are more and more stories about folks that play around with the stocks and the different trades that have to do with, you know, astronomical amounts of money. That's the only way I know how to describe it. Yeah, we're talking multi, multi, multi trillions. 
thousands of trillions of stuff they're not talking about and it's love wins love always yeah love wins i passed the talking stick yes and i was going to say that um there's 180 more dollars required from last week to um contribute to our bbs radio show and then three hundred dollars coming up for the next so I'm just calling uh, all, calling all angels to contribute here. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is ending now, where we're just wondering to where, you know, where the next meal is coming from. That's this is ending. We are going to make sure that every man, woman, and child has enough time, money, love, air to breathe, and something to eat, and healthy something to eat. Pass the talking stick back to you, Almina. And Ramantara, let's always give people information as to where they would go to donate to help support you as Faction 3 White Knights, since you're not allowed to work inside the system. Um, You have to, you were given orders to be supported by the light community, not a job. So you would go to rainbowroundtable.net, everyone, and there's a donate uh, page right there. And remember to click on for family and friends it will ask you if you want to do that please do that yes sending to a friend is the phrase they're using now yeah okay sending to a friend thank you (laughs) thank you caroline okay omina now that this talking stick really is back to you (laughs) well thank you very much and i would add on to that to remind everybody to be open to receiving because the abundance increased the more we we're open to receiving. And it's funny how we give we give out more with love when we're open to receiving. Because people that give with love will always find the ones that are open to receiving. And that's what abundance is all about. So again, I thank you all for what you contribute to our wonderful show. And I'm going to repeat the numbers again for anyone to call in for any question that you have. This is from, this is, I would say, an educational show. It's not, it's about giving you information and it's up to your, how you interpret and how you use it. We don't really give advice, but we do inform. And we make it as exciting as possible. And we would love for you to call us in and challenge us. I, for one, do much better when I'm challenged. And the number is 888-429-5471. The local number you would call would be 323-744-4841. And the topic we're going to talk about is spiritual essence of forgiveness. And anyone, please call in. I'm not asking any of you to agree with me. I am not going to, it's not going to be disparaging to anybody. It's informative. It is a new way of thinking. Actually, it was the real, real old way. But now we are resurrecting a new paradigm shift that's going on. And this is a new way. This is what I'm guided to do. So I'm going to be true to what my guides tell me. I'm not asking anyone to agree with me, but you're most certainly welcome to call in and challenge me, either from the panel or from our listeners. 
So we're going to, if everybody is okay with that, I'm going to start that program. I want to make sure that Ram and Tar are done with their reporting. Is that true? Um, well, I'll just add, thank you, Omina. Um, the, let's end the fighting uh, and put that in the circle of support and a focus uh, there's nobody that's the enemy of somebody else. And the game that's being played by the empire is Russia's the enemy and the United States is the great, wonderful. And, and the UK is in there with that, you know, East versus West. And no, 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 no. No more Game of Thrones. <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> or I think the way to put it is they're all fighting for power because of the love for power. Yeah. Yes, over the love. Uh, yeah, it's not the love for power. It's the power of love. Well, they're in, they're right now they're in the love of power. They have yeah. not matured enough yet to go for, for the power of love. But maybe we can lead them that way. Yes, we can. Yes, we can, as Ross said. Yes. So, shall I continue? Yes, please. Okay. So tonight, uh, what's happening in the world right now with the paradigm shift, you have a lot of sleeping souls waking up. And sleeping souls that are waking up can stay on the earth, move with the paradigm shift. A lot of, a lot of souls don't want to do that. We are spiritually lazy as souls. And oftentimes they will choose to leave the earth. That doesn't mean they escape. They're just going to be sent somewhere else to be re-educated about what soul really is but what is happening for the ones that are waking up they are coming out of their shadows facing their fears and walking into the heart light because that's where the love is that's where the light is it's all connected it's unconditional and I can see where a soul might decide to leave because they have to face their fears that's the only way we're going to ascend. That's the only way we're going to grow. And there's really, in the spiritual essence of forgiveness, there's the soul has the gift of free will. Everything begins with a thought. We live by universal law. If we move in that direction, we will live by universal law because it's always for the higher good. Giving and receiving creates karma. People think that karma is negative. No, it's not. It can be negative or positive. That's the energy. There has to be a balance in the energy. It's what we attach, the value that we attach to it that gets us all messed up. Because we, we have a choice. We're either going to respond or we're going to react. So when you get into the spiritual essence of forgiveness, it's sort of in conflict with what Christianity tells us. Because it tells us we have to forgive our enemies. We have to give people. We have to forgive people that do us harm. We have to forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive until we're exhausted forgiving. And we still don't feel any better. So 
my question was, so what's that all about? You're telling everybody to forgive everybody, and yet you're you're still carrying the trauma, the hurt. You're still carrying it, even though you spend all this time forgiving the person, the perpetrator, the offender, whatever you want to call them. And I've had this conversation with people. Oh, well, you must forgive. No, I mustn't do anything if I don't want to. My question is, my question is, what is your investment in hurting me? There's a couple of things that go on on a higher realm. And that is, nothing can happen without your permission. It took me a while to wrap that around my brain, my physical brain. There's another brain somewhere operating. In the, your mind is universal. Most of us cut off the universe to our minds. Mind happens to be open up to it. So it was like, so if nothing, okay, if nothing can happen without my permission, how do I give my permission? You give it on an inner conscious level, a super conscious level, a lower conscious level, a physical conscious level. That's how we give it. I had, when I was working, because I think this is an important little story, I was working, when I was working with people living with addiction and HIV and AIDS, and I did groups, and I just threw it out there, I wanted to see the reaction. Nothing can happen to you without your permission. So, one of the guys that was in there says, oh yeah, I gave somebody permission to shoot me in the leg. Well, actually, you did. And he goes, well, how, how, how could I? Why would I want to do that? I said, well, where were you when you got shot in the leg? I was standing on this corner downtown, blah, 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 blah. And I said, oh, were you in somebody else's territory? Because they also dealt in drugs. He goes, yeah. I said, that's how you gave permission. You walked in thinking that you could get their territory? I said, they gave you a warning shot in the leg. Of course, he ended up in prison, recuperating with his leg. But he got it. He got the message that he never, ever, ever thought in his consciousness that he was given permission for somebody else to shoot him to say, you're not supposed to be in my territory. I just thought that was very, I just thought that was an interesting story because he was able to relate to it. And had no problem admitting that he was in the wrong place. And that's how we do it. Sometimes we do it consciously. People ask me, well, how do you deal with child molesters? Because I've dealt with them. How do you deal with the victims of child molesters? Well, that's a very complicated question. And I don't have the time to go into all the details around that. Nor would I ever blame any child, or uh, that would not be, that's not what I do. I and mean, everybody is responsible for what they do. We're doing one of two things constantly in our life. We're either creating it or inflicting it. We're creating the healing or we're inflicting the damage. And that's part where we have to become aware. When it comes to, let's say, somebody 
is creating karma. And let's say they molest a child, they torture somebody, they murder them, they rape them, they do all of these things. They're creating karma. They're creating karma going against somebody's free will. Because some souls are much younger, some souls are much stronger, where they're able to resist. Some are too much full of fears where they don't know what to do. But the thing about forgiveness, my question would be, why would you want to get into the loop of constant forgiveness for someone that did some real damage to you? That'd be my question. and, And my answer is to that, the answer I got was, when somebody has done some grievous torture and you're told to forgive them, by forgiving them, you're, you're, you're re-injuring yourself all over again because you're taking on their energy and they don't have to do anything about it. They don't have to do anything about what they've done. It's taken the responsibility from them of what they have done. We are solely responsible for what we do. What we do to others, what we do to ourselves. That's who we have to forgive is ourselves. If somebody has done, if somebody's commit murder or somebody commit murder towards somebody that I love, I'm not going to forgive them. I'm going to hold them responsible. Religion teaches to forgive. If that works for you, I say, great. Tell me how it works for you so I can learn something. I think it's great if it does work for you. But what religion has done, it has created that dependency that we become very comfortable with. And we put it all on there. We put it all back on God. Why did God let this happen? Well, the God or the goddess didn't let it happen because free will plays into it. But the universal law, the promise not to interfere with free will. If we lived by the universal law, we would do it for the higher good. Not for what's going to bring us down or what's going to create that negative energy. So think about when somebody is telling you to forgive. That's the only way you find peace. I want to know all the people that found peace by forgiving something atrocious that somebody else inflicted upon you. We all have a part in it. We all have responsibility. It's our responsibility to see how do we forgive ourselves if we have committed atrocities from past lives to this life. Because oftentimes we carry them over with us. We carry the guilt with it. We carry the absolute decisions we made in past lives. We carry the patterns that becomes blocks. We carry the fears that becomes blocks from really discovering who we are. So it it, it baffles my mind how forgiveness works unless we take responsibility for what we do. I'm not going to take the responsibility for somebody else. I most certainly am not going to do that. You do some breaches towards me, I'm sorry, you're not going to get forgiveness from me. You're going to get, I'm going to hold you responsible. 
and see what you do with that. Hopefully I'm making sense to somebody on the panel here in terms of how do we go about wrapping our minds around holding other people responsible for what they do to us. Do we ask? I think it's fascinating, Omina. Sorry, I just want to jump in. Oh, good. I think it's fascinating what you say because um, I, I was taught this in my family through my sister now. Our parents have passed, but through my sister now, she still subscribes to the right-wing evangelicalism. And I something happened when I was visiting last year. Something happened in the family that I found very difficult. And she said to me, okay, yes, that's hard, but you have to forgive. And I said, Kathy, this is how family dysfunction gets covered up one generation after another. And, um, you know, like these, um, this family that had all these children, like 21, I don't, I'm not even going to say the family name, but they had like 20 or 21 children. They're, they're, uh, have a, you know, a reality television show on cable. And, um, the, the son molested a few of his sisters, probably because the right-wing conservatives and churchgoers tend to suppress the sexual uh, impulse to where you're not supposed to have that at all, unless you're married and planning on having a child, etc. And it that might be part of it. There might be other problems. But these daughters were told by their mother, pray for your brother. When you go to church, pray for him and forgive him. And it's sort of, that's one way in which um, dysfunction gets to carry on because somebody says, I forgive you. It's kind of funny. Now, for myself, I've had to just learn to release, to bless and release and say, I don't understand why somebody did this. And I'm sure I've done other things that were not good. I don't even understand, you know, some of the things I've done in this or other lives, but we have to move beyond it. So there's there's two sides to the story. Absolutely. Know? There's always two sides to it. And that's part of where we can always ask to be shown that. I know the family that you're talking about, and I've read about him, and he definitely fits all the criteria of a pedophile. Yeah. Because he's still in denial. Oh. And he had a family that supported his denial. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And 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 they found all kinds of things on his computer about child pornography and everything else. I feel I I feel compassion for him because I worked with pedophiles, and I always feel compassion for them because it's not an easy road to go in and pay off that crime in prison. Yeah. You're going to be lucky if you're not killed in prison. Exactly. Because the prisoners have their own code of ethics. Because an awful lot of them were victims. Yes. And all that anger and rage comes out. So there's 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 a way of understanding if you're paying off karma or if you're not paying off karma when things like that happen to you because the feelings are different. You're going to feel totally you're going to let's say if if you're if if another person is creating karma with you by molesting you, you're going to feel devastated. Now, if you're paying off karma and you allow it on a soul level to happen, it's no big deal. It happened. I'm over it. 
I don't see too much of that, but I've just seen a little bit of it. But it's the feelings that oftentimes will tell you where you're stuck or where you need to go with it. But again, again, I'm going to say, why would you forgive someone that has destroyed you or devastated you? It's taken on their energy. And they go off dancing in the fields, don't worry to worry about anything. <laughs> well, no, seriously. Yeah, it's based on this paradigm of Jesus took all our sins upon himself and died for our sake. It's based on the blood ritual uh, uh, sort of uh, yes. concept. And that is bizarre because I've heard my whole life, I've heard people say, well, I was forgiven, you know, in, in some one church ritual or, or another, according to whatever denomination or if they're Catholic or whatever. Um, they say, I've already been forgiven for all sins. And they use that as an excuse to carry on doing whatever and know that there's the quote, know that they're still going to make it to heaven sort of a thing. It just becomes sort of just bizarre after a while. Well, and, that's that it's called mind effing. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to swear, but you all know what I mean. Yes. It's called because that's what it is. It's part of like the brainwashing, and you begin to we begin to doubt ourselves when somebody comes along and doesn't validate that it was devastating. It doesn't matter what it was, we can be devastated emotionally, mentally, physically. Spiritually, we can be devastated by. I mean, think about think about a parent that and just did this the other day. The parents raise a child or children, and never has a good thing to say about them. Just put them down all the time. How does a child forgive that? They grow up to be dysfunctional adults. With, with the ideology, in order to get into heaven, I have to forgive. No, you don't. Because yeah. you're going to end up in heaven anyway. And yet our, our resentment, if there's any resentment about what happened, that needs to heal. And I think Absolutely. It's often based on the fact that what happened in this life triggered a deep, buried subconscious memory of something similar happening in, a, in another life or several absolutely. lives. Absolutely. And sometimes yeah. they make absolute decisions in past lives. I'm never going to do that again, so I'm going to remain a victim all my lifetimes. Yes. They can be very, very deep and not realizing. And one of the things about people, if they trust themselves, if you give them information, they know if it's true for them. And again, it's back to free will and it's back to everything begins with a thought and it's back to we are responsible for everything that happens to us. It's, it, I, think that, I think it's a lot to wrap around your brain because our old brain is really old, it's wriggling up and it's no room for a new thought because the new brain is forming. The human brain is changing. The paradigm shift is here. The consciousness is raising. We have a long way to go, but we are going to get there. And you know what? When you do emotional work, it's exhausting. It's not easy to say, 
this is not my energy. This is your energy. This is the energy you put upon me. You need to take it back. I'm throwing it back at you. How about that? Get them right there in a meditation in front of you and say, here, this is yours. This is not mine. It doesn't matter if you did the same thing in another lifetime, because when you get to this point, you've already forgiven yourself whatever transgressions you made in another lifetime. You know why? You know that because you're no longer taking on that energy from somebody else. It tells you you've done a lot of healing work. And you only have to do 51%. See yourself at the bank executive. You're in control if you got 51% done. Omina. Yes. Excellent. Um, now we're at the place where there is a consensus, I believe, in all of humanity that this small group of elites, it's about 500,000. That's a very small group, comparatively speaking, to the punishment and torture and the the stuff that goes on with the rest of us and so um just looking for maybe an affirmation for us to i mean talk about feeling rage you know this the unfairness and the imbalance is an extreme right now i was just gonna ask you if you could come up with something good there well if you're talking about people being enraged I mean, the enragement is, is anger out of control. Mm-hmm. Now, if we have a lot of people in the listening audience or even here, if they find themselves enraged, you have to take a look at, is it from this lifetime? Or is it from another lifetime that's built up? Mm-hmm. And how do you go about getting rid of it? First of all, you have to look at, was this rage and anger protecting me? What was the, what's the investment in keeping the rage and the anger? There's an investment if it's still there because it's either protecting so I don't have to feel the grief. I don't have to feel the hurt. Usually under anger, you have the hurt and you have the grief, okay? It could be loss of whatever it is, loss of innocence, loss of childhood, loss of love. Whatever it is, it's usually a loss, that somebody has done something to create that. So it's understanding that the anger or the rage at one time protected a person because it wouldn't allow anyone to come near them. People are afraid of it. I'm sure you've often heard of angry teenagers. If they're super angry, I take a look and see why. Is it just an emotional thing as they're going through their hormones and stuff? Or is it actually something deep-seated that needs to be addressed? There's a different energy to it. I don't know if that answers your question, Tara, but it's like people need to pay attention. The rage of anger out of control. Because maybe the rage of one pint, the anger didn't work, so we have to make it more stronger, more rageful. And it's justified for a lot of people because of whatever happened to them. It's justified. You can have it all. You just don't have to act on it. It's like validating yourself that you are worth being angry. You are worth being rageful for what happened. But I wouldn't go about, I would not go about forgiving that person 
and taking all that back on, it's almost like re-abusing yourself. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Yes, I I, I take that. Uh, and we talked about this in previous um, inquiries on this show. Uh, What's my particular case? For instance, my father raped me. Um, yes. On a consistent basis for 10 years before yes. I made a decision to walk away from the whole place and start on my own. Absolutely. But it, it, it still has to leave some residue in you mm-hmm. that you can definitely do a meditation, bring him in and give it all back to him. Mm-hmm. I, yes, I, I'm going to tell you about I worked with a client that when I was doing family violence and um, she was a van driver for a lot of clients, but she was, she was a really sweet person. And I was there and nobody knew what to do with this woman. They just didn't know what to do with her because she would fly off the handle and whatever made people uncomfortable. And of course they sent her to me to see what could I do with her. And I said, why are you here? And she says, well, they told me I had to come down and talk to you. I said, about what? And she said, she said, well, I don't know. They think I'm crazy. I said, are you crazy? She goes, no. I said, okay. So sit down and talk to me. She was angry and enraged. That's what she was. And I said, well, you know what? Tell me your story. And she was a foster child, and she was gang-raped by a bunch of teenagers when she was 12 or 13 years old. Married in a marriage, very abusive marriage. And I did a meditation with her, a guided meditation. As an adult... We found the place where it all happened. And she went in and rescued the child, brought the child out. I said, now you can leave the child here with me safe. You can go back in there and do whatever you want to do to all those boys. I said, it's between you and them. This is not about, I said, you cannot hurt them wherever they are now. This is about you doing what you need to do to let go of your rage and your anger and to heal. I said, you don't have to tell me anything about it. You don't have to talk about it to me. If you want to, I will listen, but you don't have to. There's no obligation. It changed her life. She ended up getting divorced and ended up doing what she loved to do, which was she loved grooming pets. She got her own little pet business and did a grooming. And I mean, it went a lot deeper than that, but I'm just giving you the top part of it, a way to deal with the anger and the rage. Because forgiveness doesn't work. The the wounds go very deep. They go very deep. Something something interesting, Omina, that I didn't learn until pretty recently is that we need to reclaim the life energy that this assailant, whether you know they beat us up mentally or physically or molested or raped or what have you, and I'm 
I'm an abuser of a number of interesting forms of abuse. I mean, sorry, survivor. Yes. <laughs> okay, maybe that was a Freudian slip. I hope I'm not an abuser, but I'm a survivor of several forms of sexual abuse. And I, you know, I understand about uh, feeling disempowered or, or enraged. And it's so important we get our energy back from the one who grabbed it out of us. Absolutely. It's, it's very important to get, to, first of all, to acknowledge the helplessness. Yes. How powerless and how helpless we are if somebody is attacking us, okay? And then we have to give all that energy back to them so that we can stand in our own power because that is standing in our own power. And it's not allowing anybody else to ever abuse us again. When we get to that point, we're not going to abuse anybody because we already know what that pain is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not sort of, we're not a loose cannon shooting all over the deck anymore. Totally dissociated from our own rage and shock and sorrow. We're in touch with it. It's come up. We've dealt with it. So now we're not going to be this person who goes out and abuses without even understanding why. Uh, Because we've given them back their horrible energy and we've taken back our life energy from them and both right. are important yeah that, I'm glad that, you brought it up you know yeah that that's very very important because that's really the bottom line it is learning to stand in our own power it's like that woman as the adult going to rescue her 12 year old that was standing in her own power and she had the choice whatever she wanted to do and act out whatever way she wanted to do that if she wanted to burn up the barn with them all in it, so be it. I didn't ask, she didn't say. The point is, it is for her. It was for her to let go of her rage and her anger and be able to claim that part of her that was so injured and be able to stand in her own power and say, nobody's ever going to do this to me again. And that's why she got divorced. She'd been in a very physically abusive relationship for 25 years and couldn't get out of it because she wasn't standing her own power. Well, there's another layer in there. I'm wondering, did part of her unconsciously think because she had been abused so badly as a child, did part of her record that as this is just normal, this is how men are, or I deserve this? Oh, no, I I think it was more that that's just the way it is. Yeah, this is I don't. Yes, I don't think that she ever, I don't think she ever felt that she deserved it. I think it more had to do with uh, being triggered, post-traumatic stress. There's a lot of post-traumatic stress from it. If you talked in a loud voice, she disappeared. Yeah. Because that must have told her you're going to get hurt. If it was a commanding voice, she disappeared. She was very, very reactive, and that's like part of the post-traumatic stress. And and when you learn what triggers you, you're empowered because now you can do something with it. We can't empower anybody. They have to do that for themselves, but we most certainly can show them the pathway to it. The ego says, oh, I'm going to empower you. Well, guess what? The ego messes with everybody. And, you know, jokes everybody. And it does all of that. So it's like, um, it's like 
learning to be aware of all the thoughts that you come out with in your own head. But oftentimes we act them out because that's where it begins. And to know free will is not, the church didn't give us free will. It doesn't matter what church you go to, didn't give us free will. And with all the things in the world going on around the church, whatever church you belong to, or synagogue, or Muslim, I forget what they call their house of prayer. They're all humans in there. They're all frail. And the sexual abuse that goes in an awful lot of religious orders is astounding. Totally astounding. And what happens? Oh, religion tells you to forgive. Well, it's a good thing I don't have a gun. Not that I do anything with it, but, you know, a gun's a great symbol of anger. That's for sure. But it's how, how, how do you tell someone if they come to you and they've been molested by a priest or a minister or whatever? I'm going to sit there because of my background and tell them, oh, you must forgive them? No, not me. I'm not going to tell them. I'm going to bring them on a meditation and do whatever they need to do to, to get that child out of that powerless, hopeless place. Yeah, perfect. Forgiveness is a great thing when you apply it to yourself. It's an energy. It's for give. The two words. Split it up to two words. Or to give for, you know, like you're asking, you're calling in your own freedom from the event. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I'm going to take back what you took from me. Yes. Um, Omina. Yeah. And, and, and Caroline, um, uh, there's another word that I thought of a while back, uh, and it's forgiveness sake. In other words, forgiveness sake. Uh, in other words, we take back the energy forgiveness sake. Yes, we take on we take on that energy that we were assaulted with for forgiveness sake. That's correct. Because it looks good. And not, only, being... not what I was looking at it from another point of view, from the right, writing of it, in the sense that you take the energy back and you use it to change that, that old story. And that means you make empowerment for everybody else you touch. What does that mean, you take the energy back? What, you, what energy? The energy that was taken... Um, oh, yes. Okay. Your life force, so to speak. Exactly. exactly. Yes. Yes. Otherwise, you're sitting around here thinking that you're less than everybody. And then you, you just, they can take a piece of you and that's just fine. Excuse me? But the whole, the whole thing about that is, it is so insidious that they'll even tell you it was your fault. Oh, absolutely. The Catholic Church is real good at that one. Yeah. I think a lot of religions are good at that one. (laughs) Well, you have to remember that all Christian religion came out of the same place. They just put it into whatever's going to sell the best. And I'm I'm a raised Irish Catholic. 
Me too. So you my know. mother was a nun for 10 years before she changed her direction. She went to the Pope to get a papal dispensation to get out of the convent. Uh huh. Yeah, my mother did that. Well, she probably went in all for all the wrong reasons. Uh, yeah, but see, it, it's still, that's a big deal at those days, you know. For a woman to leave the convent and go get a papal dispensation to do it, and then start her life uh, uh, in the working world, I, that's a lot in the thirties. Sure, it is. Yeah, but it's okay. That's what it's all about. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it's all about. It's just I get stuck on this. Well, to me, this is a spiritual essence of forgiveness because it's claiming our power back. It's claiming our spiritual essence back. Mm-hmm. You cannot injure the physical body without injuring the soul. And how do we injure the soul? By the way we're made to feel. Because the soul is a whole feeling energy of our total being. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when 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 our feelings are attacked our soul is attacked. Mm-hmm. That's the life part in us. And maybe we're going to become more aware of the soul because if we allow it to come out of the shadows, then it will truly heal and it will truly walk in the light. And that's where the joy comes from. That's where the gratitude comes from. That's where the love comes from. The love is all part of that. The gratitude, the abundance, the joy, that's all part of love, the unconditional love. It's, it's, um, I try to keep it simple because human beings are great at complicating everything. I'm going to give out the numbers again if anybody wants to call in. You can ask any particular question you want about your own soul, and I will not invade your privacy. If something comes up, I will ask your permission first. It's 888-429-5471-323-744-4841. So please do call in. Tell us a story. You can ask us anything you want to. If we have the answers, you will get it. It's, It's a healing journey. That's what we're all on. It's a healing journey that we're all on. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. And the other thing is, not all souls on the earth are human souls. The souls from other planets on the earth, so they look at things differently. Yes, indeed. Yes, definitely. I was thinking also that if somebody has held a resentment for a long time and they haven't been able to release it, um, if they wanted to call in to get some support for that. Um, well, they they most certainly can because oftentimes they're not even sure why they have holding on to that resentment for so long. Yes, yeah. They might have lost the memory of it, and calling in sometimes we can give you the clarity on that. We can give you the insight on that, and then you'll have your aha moment. Yeah. And I think that's just a great way to be able to identify. If you can identify what you're feeling, why you're feeling, and when did the feeling come? 
If you can't find it anywhere in this lifetime, it's from another lifetime. It's amazing the absolute decisions we make in another lifetime that I'm bringing forward into this lifetime. It's amazing how we do that and how we repeat the patterns, especially if we come in not feeling good about ourselves or if we are feel like victims. We oftentimes go around making ourselves victims all over again. And it's all about just... It, there's no judgment on that because we're going to keep repeating it until we become aware of why we're doing it because that's part of the healing journey. It's like addiction. It really is. I see this it, over and over again in channeling sessions. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, my philosophy half, you know, 50% of the world is addicted. The other 50% is in recovery. So it's like, it's, it's that loop. And then if we grow enough and we get wise enough, what do we do? We keep our mouths shut and let people learn on their own. Oh, we have somebody on line one. Padme? Yes, Padme. Hi, Elmina. Hi, how are you? I'm actually pretty good, but wow, do you have my head spinning and taking a load off my heart? Holy mackerel. I I think for anyone out there that really struggles with this forgiveness thing, when, when, you know, for me and my parental mother relationship, it's always about, since she's a gaslighter, it's always about my obligation to forgive her and bow down to her and all this stuff. And it's just, I've struggled this last couple of weeks with really, I can't have any contact with her because I just refused, you know, on an energetic level, no one wants to be constantly put down. And uh, I just can't thank you enough for all you just said. It just really, wow. Thank you. Um, well, you, I, can I more, you can more certainly get up every day and decide you're not going to take any of that anymore. You're not going to allow that energy in your space anymore. Yes, which is what I'm actually working on the last, like, three weeks, three months, just taking back my power in, in my own, like, getting up and making sure I've got my resonance intact with my chakras and sort of, like, what I will and won't accept in my part relationship because they are very similar people. One has a, a more genuine heart, and the other, my mother just—I think she likes the loose game. She loves that. That that works for her. And my partner uh-huh. is just too too angry from being hurt. But they do very similar things to me, and I just refuse to consent anymore. And uh, you've been on my mind. Actually, you've been on my mind, and it's just really cool to hear all that you're saying because it just realizing that you can't you have to take your power back that you know at any cost and i think that when someone if you still live with someone who's abusive they start to understand the resonance in a way that you are no longer in a state of being vulnerable or victimhood or it's just right. i've just said right absolutely you can be vulnerable and be safe but you can't do that you're standing in your own power Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just keep doing the good work. Thank you. Thank you. I just wanted to say thank you so much to you and everyone for your uh, beautiful presence uh, as the night of the round table. I 
I send lots of love and gratitude. So I will mute out and listen. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I have a few comments to make, Amina. Of course. As part of an email I got today. Yes. Are you enjoying the Stargate that opened? Can't you get through the Stargate? Why can't you get through the Stargate? Well, as we go through the Stargate, we start to feel ourselves exiting out of the matrix and accepting the crystal light coming into our energy fields. And as powerful as we are, we're closing the doors to this false illusion called the matrix. Yes. Basically, we are guarding and holding the light so everyone can enter through that is chosen to. It's time to connect to our soul, and it's time to heal. It's time to let go of the past and any 3D matrix, because only then will you feel whole again. We can't carry any more hate and anger and trauma and abuse and betrayal, aggressive emotions. It all has to leave us. We need to shift our minds, our hearts, and our thoughts towards the love, towards the light. The stargates that are open is a way for us to ascend to a higher place of awareness. And each time they are presented by time continuum, we go up higher. But this time, we need to let go of all this to go through this specific one. This is a must, as it is part of the end of time that is happening now. The creator is simply telling you, no more should you carry. You have suffered long enough. Let it go. Listen to your soul and release all of this to light, to the light and the love. Because only the pure crystal light of love can destroy all that is not in service to the creator. So I thought that fit absolutely perfect with what you're saying. Yes. And I can see where you're saying about the people that are being abused. Because quite a few years ago, uh, some people that run uh, like a, how would you call this, a foster home, but they help the children. Yes. They couldn't get anywhere with a young boy. So they thought, okay, bring him to me. So I spent about a weekend with this kid. And he was very close. Very closed up. You could tell he had been through who knows what kind of traumas. So I couldn't reach him. I thought, okay. Why don't I put him on my computer into a chat room to another boy I'd been helping and let them talk it out. And I could watch on the screen what they were saying. Because back then there was no talking. There was just texting. So between the two of them, they figured things out. And I figured out that this boy they sent to me His father was, all he thought about was killing. Kill any animal, kill anything that comes on our farm. It's not conducive to the animals. So all this boy knew was death. Death, harm, destruction. His mother abused him mentally. No physical, just mental abuse. His father did this. And finally, Child Protection Services removed him from that because they could see something was wrong. But what they couldn't see, what they couldn't see and they didn't see, was the fact that when they put this boy into a foster home that had nothing but girls in it, it put more stress, more tension on this poor kid than you can ever imagine. And then the next day, he finally broke down. He cried. He 
He told me his life story. I said, now, look, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. You have to forgive them. You have to go back. You have to ask them. I don't feel safe here. Put me somewhere where I'm safe. So he didn't feel safe. All he ever wanted was to have a place where he felt safe and that no one could hurt him anymore. Another two years later, it did turn out right, but not until when they went back to that place and almost took the life of the woman that was running the place because she scolded him. She did the exact same thing his mother did, and he lost it. All the anger, all the rage came out. Luckily, there was another person there that really, you know, I had told the lady of the foster home, look, you got to get him out of there. Don't do this. You have a time bomb. So the more of the story is when you're dealing with someone's trauma, let them speak. Don't try to coerce it out of them. You're causing them more trauma when you do that. As I imagine, you can agree, I mean, to that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the biggest thing I'd say to anyone, I can't heal you. I can only provide you with the energy and the guidance to heal yourself. And until that moment, you ask your soul with your actual true intent that you want to heal, you'll have a marvelous healing. It may take time. It may take coaching. It may take advice. It may take all the stuff. But you're the healer. And some of us are put here on the earth to guide others towards that. And I found that when we had our healing spa, the absolute ones that needed the healing the most were all the gurus and all the healers. They had the compassion. They had the empathy. But they didn't have enough knowledge of understanding the energy of emotion and the movement of that energy to let it pass through them. And they held on to it. Yep, that's and very true. Can't hold on to this because as we go through what we're going through as a race and as a planet we have to simply like you do your whole talk we have to forgive and reclaim our power we've always had this power always but through various lifetimes we've had learnings and experiences because that's all what we are today we as whatever you call yourself doesn't matter but your soul's expression is all the experiences of the multitudes of lifetimes that you've had and the ones that you are going to have by letting go of the past and living in the moment of that love energy i pass the talking stick Thank you very much, Randy. That's all very, very true. And one of the things that St. Germain just came in and he was telling me that one of the tools definitely that we all do is for anyone that's listening out there, you can most certainly look it up on the internet, is the cosmic law of forgiveness. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, incantation, you might say, especially where in your no place where you feel the pressure to forgive somebody, but you just can't and you don't have to because it doesn't work. But what the cosmic law of forgiveness does, it works with your energy. It transforms your energy because energy you cannot get rid of. You cannot change what happened to you, but you more certainly can change the feelings around it. 
And this law of forgiveness definitely helps to do that. You have to get in the habit of saying it all the time, and then it becomes less and less because you need it less and less. It begins to raise your vibration because it cleans out old energy that needs to be cleaned out. It helps you let go. Your life is, if you were to put out your life tapestry and you were, it's interesting, you were to put it out in the sunlight. It's amazing what light does. But the sunlight, what do you think happens to that tapestry? There's your life with all your experience. The light begins to fade the tapestry. And you look at it and you go, Oh, that's gone, that's gone, that's gone. Oh, that's fading away. You end up with memories without the pain. That's what the love light does. That's what the cosmic law of forgiveness does. It helps to bring you to that light where, oh, I'm done with that. I don't have to do that anymore. I learned that one. And it it gives you your it gives you, put you in a place where you can get your own power back and you refuse to take on anybody else's energy when it's not for the higher good. Think that way and it's amazing how fast your life changes. If anybody is out there that suffers, that's suffering in domestic violent relationships, I'm not telling you to walk out because that's not safe. You've got to have a plan that's going to be safe so that when you do walk out, you're not going back. But you need to have a plan to be safe wherever you're going. These things are really important and get help. In any relationship, that's not for your higher good. You need to step into the love that you are. You need to be open to the love. You need to be open to receiving it. Because that's all that heals. You're not going to heal without it. That's all I know. And it's very, very true. You have to listen to your soul because it'll only bring to you, if you tell it to bring to you for your higher good, excuse me, it will not put you in any trouble. And if you're working with anybody that's in all of these situations, the one thing they want the most from you, it's validation. Now, what they're saying is important because when you validate their feelings, they're going to tell you their story. And never show a shock in your face. Oh, my God, that happened to you. They would not be telling you if it didn't happen to them. It's real. We are the worst species on the in the whole universe to each other. I've never seen a species that runs so far and quick to kill you and runs so far and quick to save you. It's such a dichotomy. And yet, we do it all the time. If anybody has any suggestions or you want to call in, call in at 888-429-5471 or 323-744-4841. And I promise we're going to lighten it up. 
we're not going to talk anymore about the heavy stuff we're talking about. It's helpful though, Amina, you know, in this time yes. when so much is coming up for so many people. That's true. Yeah. Well, that's where we need to offer them hope that there is, that there is light at the end of the tunnel, that you are powerful. Your fears might be stopping you from standing in your power, but that doesn't mean that you're not powerful. There's only, I think, four major fears that we come in with, and that's fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, which is huge, and fear of expression. If you're living with any of those, they're irrational. You're not going to die if you're rejected. I guarantee you're not going to drop dead when somebody rejects you. You're not going to drop dead when you give voice to whatever you are. If you're in a, if you are in a domestic violence situation, then you use caution. That might be different because sometimes you can get injured for saying what you want to say. So, but that, you know how to survive in that situation if you are. But I'm talking about people that are being aware of their fears. Use your judgment and know that they're irrational. And the only way to go, the only way to conquer fears is to walk right through them. You can't fail at nothing. It's just another learning lesson. That didn't work, or maybe it wasn't meant to work for you. Maybe it wasn't supposed to, you weren't supposed to be doing what you think you were supposed to be doing. And that's how you learn. That's how we all learn. That's how we all do our day. I start my day every day. Nobody has permission. Nobody has permission to infringe on my space with any kind of negative energy. Because I'll go out there in the world and I'll just bring out all my positive energy with me. If I'm grumpy, I stay home. Am I having a bad day? I take a nap. If I'm real grumpy, I warn everybody. I used to do that with my kids growing up. I would tell them, your mother's grumpy today, so I'm just warning you. And they knew it, they knew it had nothing to do with them. I might have been overtired, whatever I was. I always know when I'm grumpy. And I live out loud. What can I tell you? I talk out loud, I think out loud, I live out loud. <laughs> but that's the great thing though, if you told them that Oh yeah. If you grew if you you were raising them to understand this isn't about you. That is oh, wonderful. Absolutely. Excellent. Well we were I think we were raised that way in a way that that it was so pragmatic. There really was nothing to fight over because we had nothing to fight over. One of the biggest things my mother used to always say was, if you worry, you die. If you don't worry, you die. So why worry? The other thing was, why don't you just cop on to yourself? You know, if we were doing something stupid. We were never bad because that wasn't in our language. We were cop bold. On meaning. So, you know, it's always, it's all, language has a lot to how people feel the language we use towards them. And it's like, just cop on to yourself. What does that mean? Become aware of what you're doing. And if it's not working, stop doing it. (laughs) 
it's it's like people look at me with a mouth open and they say, how is that working for you? Well, I stop. Well, then stop doing it. <laughs> One of my friends came in the other day and she was telling me how her upper arm is really hurting and she showed me how it's hurting. I said, why are you doing it if it's hurting you? <laughs> I think that's funny. So, yeah, the, how does that work? How do people figure they got to keep on doing stuff like that hurts them? That, I know. I mean, it's like, okay, that's where I would say, come on to yourself. Why would you keep moving your arm that way if it's hurting you that way? <laughs> you know, you might want to give it a rest. Maybe the muscle is overworked or something. Maybe you want to put a piece of ice on it, or a piece of heat, whatever, whichever one's going to make it feel better. Yeah. All, yeah. This, all this religion stuff is going away, too, at the same time. I mean, well, I don't know if it's going away, but it's not working for people the way it did once upon a time. And they're, and they're admitting to it, and they're not taking it anymore, you know? Exactly. For some people, it does work. I mean, some some people are in the right place with their religion and with their prayers, and I'm all for that. Yeah. Definitely. If that works for you, keep doing it. Yeah. It, because it's not about taking anything away from anybody. It, it's looking at if it's not working for you, why is it not working for you? What, Again, worked, what worked for me in terms of the religion thing is singing in the choir. I took that with me all through college and um, Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. It's like it's like making different choices. Mm-hmm. It really is. I'm not a church going person anymore. I love the rituals, mm-hmm. but I just get bored. I want to go up and give the sermon myself. <laughs> Do I yes, yes. <laughs> You found the right venue, Omita. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can you just imagine doing that and telling them about you don't have to forgive anybody? Oh, my oh, goodness. Yes. I might be crucified. Yes, a mad woman. Go get that woman. Put her away. Hurry up. <laughs> <laughs> did, I, did I ever tell you? It's a very, and then I'm, I'm going to stop doing it. But anyway, <laughs> I think I told you this story about I was in the hospital and I was visited by a black priest. Have I told you guys this story before? I don't think so. Well, anyway, yes, I had had a major operation I had to go through, and I wasn't at all worried about it. But anyway, I put down no religion. So he decided, I I would bet you anything, he decided because of my name, I must be an Irish Catholic. (laughs) So he decided to come in and have a chat with me. And we're talking away, and he's, you know, asking me about my background, and I'm telling him, that's why he was in there to begin with. So I said to him, you know, my experience with the Holy Catholic Church in Ireland, I said, wasn't very positive. I said, because they were very, very um, sanctimonious and consent, you know, con- condescending. I was a poor kid. We had a lot of discussions about this. And, and I was telling him how when we were in school, the... Um, I think it was the passionate fathers would come around trying to recruit poor, hungry children into their fold so that they could educate them and and make them nuns and make them priests. Mm-hmm. 
And I said, and they sent them all to Africa mm-hmm. to convert the heathens. He says to me, well, I'm from Africa. Oh, oh, my God, I said, you're an Irish Catholic priest. <laughs> he was recruited by the Irish priests in Africa. Oh, boy. Isn't that interesting, I said to him. And here you are in my room in America. It's reversed. (laughs) That is a real humdinger. That's a humdinger. Oh, he just totally, I just chuckled. And he just said, it's a very interesting conversation that we had. And he said (laughs) goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) All I could think of was, Oh my God, I'm dealing with an Irish Catholic priest because that was his background. Wow. Yeah, it was really interesting. And and it just came full circle. It was like, it doesn't matter what you say to me, you're not going to convince me. It's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. My mind was made up when I was seven years old. Did he have his, did he have his priestly gowns on? No, he was dressed in regular street clothes and I could barely huh. see the collar. Very good. Yes. Mm-hmm. He didn't have on the cassette or anything like that. Yeah. Not like when I was growing up. When I was in Italy though, they were they were um they were walking the streets in Venice in the Cossacks. It was as old as could be. I thought I was back in the seventeenth century. <laughs> well, Italy's yeah. got some of that. Italy's got a buried old history. Yeah, it does. Well, they're the best at making the rules, and the Irish are the best at keeping them. Oh, great, good gravy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not knocking religion. I'm saying if it works for you, I think that's wonderful. Just be clear on how it works for you. Uh-huh. And don't go blaming the god or the goddess for all the things that happen to you. Because, no, no. if nothing can happen to you without your permission... You need to be aware of what, how you're given permission if it's happening to you. Well, that's that's the a crucial point. Yes. Because we aren't really taught spirituality. We're taught dogma in religion. Exactly. And what that dogma brings you to the point of extreme passivity. I really had to overcome that. Um, oh, yeah. It's just dreadful. Well, it's much easier to go through life if you don't have to be responsible for yourself. Yeah, and you think you have no power over much of anything. So right. you excuse yourself from having to grab things by the reins. And, um, you know, you don't have to force things to happen, but we need to understand about causal effect, causal realities. Absolutely. That, you know, a well, lot of that is just the energy yeah. we carry inside ourselves. That's what we're moving towards. That's where, that's where the whole shift is. Because, again, the... Um, Religion is not working for a lot of people. The religion is working for the toddler soul and the pre-adolescent soul. Yes, yes. It works for those souls, okay? Because they have to feel safe and they have to have their their parameters and that they can work. It doesn't mean that they're going to work like Christians in it, but they'll justify whatever they're doing, whatever the behavior is within those parameters, and that keeps them safe. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's it does have its place. But I really get riled when preachers are telling us about the fires of hell and you know 
you're going here and you're going there and you're going wherever you're going because of whatever. It's like, <laughs> I read somewhere, if you're going through hell, walk through it as if you own it. <laughs> well, I'm, then that the whole world's got that listed on their table. I love that one. I love, I love that. It's like, if you're going to go through it, walk through it as if you own it. <laughs> I mean, really. <laughs> and that's more real than anything else. Yeah, right here, right now for this whole earth. That's the truth. Yeah. I mean, it's the earth is going to, the earth is going to play out whatever it has to play out. Or the people on the earth is playing out whatever it has to play out. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the whole thing about the whole tragedy is how it makes people feel. Everything comes back to feelings. Mm-hmm. All I can do is bless them. That's all I do. I feel sorry for not sorry. I don't do sympathy. I feel a lot of empathy because I know what pain is in that sense. And the loss and the torture and the whatever it is. I send as much love and as much light. I get the whole armies bring the light over there. But again, you have to remember they will not interfere with free will. They'll send the light, hoping that it'll do something. They'll send the love, hoping that it'll do something. But they won't, they won't interfere with your free will, whatever's going on, because that's against universal laws, unless it's under extreme. If you get extreme, don't beg, demand. I mean, I was thinking, I was it you, Caroline, that said this at the beginning of the show that um, what's going on in Ukraine with Russia is a religious war between the Orthodox Church and the uh, Catholic Church. I think it's a greed war. Yeah. That's what yeah. I think it is. It's, I think it's, it's a greed levels. war. Yeah, that too. Yes. So. Yeah. I mean, religion is, they're political machines. Religion is a political machine, whatever religion it is. Yeah, I never do. They're the, well, they used to be the richest thing on the planet. I think Shh. they lost that status, though. Now we got some oligarchs that are doing really good for themselves. Well, they don't have any religion. That's right. Right. They just have money. Well, they have their little cliques that, uh, you know, pass around children for sex games. That's just horrendous. Yeah, they have they have dark rituals. Um, of course, they think they get energy and power from. And boy, that's like pretending that this tremendous monster is something you can put on a leash. <laughs> uh-uh. Well, the no, thing about it is. What the thing about it is to gaslight the children. They wash brain, brainwash them. Mm-hmm. That that's what they're there for. That's their service. Yeah. But I can't get into that because that's a different whole energy thing right there. So it's like, you know, they, they, that just gets into, that's part of the human horrendousness that human beings do to each other. And yeah. I'm always reminded it's not who we are. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, Changing the curriculums in school and teaching something that is really valuable, like the uh, uh, what's that that what's that teaching that Tom Hartman uses? Um, 
you were t- teaching about it one time in class. Tom Harkin talks about it. It's a type of teaching, especially for children that have been abused. Uh, well, I would think that would be on self-esteem and worthiness and healing. Yes. Those are the qualities of that particular teaching method. Too. Right. So it escapes me right now. That doesn't matter. That, okay. That, that, that what matters is that we really reform the the schools in, in the world and uh, use the arts, music, dance. Yes. And all I can say is just be kind. It doesn't cost anything. Yes, kindness. And recognize everybody is another soul. I look for the master in every soul. Doesn't matter if you're sitting on the street or if you're walking beside me or if you're yelling at me. That's true. If somebody's going to yell at me, I'm just going to stand there and say, how is that working for you? (laughs) They don't know what to do with that. (laughs) Just by you saying it makes me laugh. The way you say it. Exactly. It's like, how's that working for you? You know, it's like, it just stops everything. (laughs) It it doesn't matter if you're yelling at somebody else or yelling at you. (laughs) You know? Because it makes them aware that they're screaming and yelling nonsense coming out of their mouth when you have nothing at all to do with it. Yeah. Or or you might say, oh, you're having a bad day. Either way, it's validating feelings. <laughs> well, humor, humor is a good way to. I have a natural sense of humor that comes out the least unexpected and appropriately so. And I'm grateful for that because it definitely disarms a lot of things, a lot of situations that might get worse. It disarms all of that. You even surprise yourself, right, Olina? I amaze myself all the time. (laughs) I'm always amazed, always amazed, because you, you have to figure out, where did that come from? You know, it's like, and it's just right there. It's I'm just grateful. So it amazes me. I'm happy that I'm going to be, that I can be amazed. <laughs> yes. I, I, I also want to uh, join Padme in thanking you, Omina, for a lot of the things that I've said tonight because I've seen how much I've grown over the last, uh, well, through the whole of my life. And yes. Some of the things that I've addressed, I've just taken the bull by the horns at times and and i totally agree with you guys about education uh we were having that discussion tonight at supper time uh there are so many things that really need to be taught in school that aren't being taught in school like you know just how to survive and cook food and you know change tires and all those kinds of things that are practical things but i don't care how smart you are if you can't do those kind of things, you're not going to survive. You have to be able to survive in a whole bunch of arenas. Absolutely. Um, the schools the schools are not doing their share. And uh, yeah. some of my English classes when I was teaching grade 11 and grade 12 were more like um, uh, counseling sessions with the door shut so the kids could talk about what was going on at home. And, uh, and right. say all they needed was somebody to listen to them and, and to validate the kind of experiences that they were having so um and then and then of course like you say to have a wicked sense of humor is definitely 
uh, definitely, definitely something to have, you know, like sometimes, as you say about yourself, I amaze myself with what I come out because I never know what my mouth is going to say when my brain isn't quite functioning, right? <laughs> so <laughs> there's a disconnect sometimes, you know. Absolutely, and it's like, and thank God what comes out of my mouth and the humor part, oftentimes it's good. It's not It's not condescending. So, no, it's not. And it's, right. it's what you need to, it's what you need to show that you're human. Right, you know? exactly, you, you exactly. May, you may be in the role of counselor or teacher, as in my case, but I'm very human. And, uh, you know, I can see what's going on. And uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and I and to go back to what you said about the, the people wouldn't tell you the story if it wasn't true, um, just to again to validate what people are feeling and to validate the experiences too, because uh, as you grow up, you certainly see a lot of stuff that uh, you'd rather not see, but it certainly helps you when you're in, in with a room of high school kids that are trying to find their way through the darkness with blindfolds and no lights and just feeling around i mean it's pretty bad sometimes absolutely absolutely yeah yeah that's that's all i wanted to contribute well thank you penny Mm -hmm. uh we are coming to a close of our wonderful show and i thank all of you that participated and offered all of great suggestions and information and we will ask TJ for the music to come up and we will, I won't be here next week because I will be out of town, but I'll be back after that. Well, thank you so much, Omina. Really lovely show. Thank you. Really wonderful. Very much. Thank all of you for contributing. Um, so Maestro, is he there? Yep. Thanks, Omina. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> thank you, Omina. Have a wonderful evening. I'm getting ready for bed. It's time for me to go to bed. Yes, it's late there. Yeah, it is late.